Hello, everyone. Hello. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world today. My name is Emily. I am one of the Chatterbug tutors and streamers here for English. Um, if you haven't seen one of my streams before, I'm originally from Canada, so today we will be listening to a Canadian accent. Um, I also lived in the UK for a while, and currently I am traveling. Right now I'm driving from Canada down to Argentina, so currently I am streaming to you live from Ecuador. Right now I am at the beach in Ecuador. I'm going to continue driving south in the next week, hopefully. Right now my van is at the mechanic shop, so I'm kind of just waiting around. Um, but hopefully I can get back on the road soon. So come say hi in the chat. Let me know where you are from. Um, and today we're going to talk about women in leadership. So maybe come let me know in the chat, do you have a particular woman in mind when you hear this topic? Is there some political leader, um, some business leader? Uh, is there someone that comes to mind? What do you think? Um, could be someone from your own country, could be someone from another country, maybe it's someone in your family even that is kind of um, a leader. What do you think? Um, cool. So today, basically what we're going to do is um, we're going to go through maybe some of the ways that men and women are perceived differently. Um, we are going to also look at five examples of women leaders from around the world. What are some of the qualities or characteristics that they have? Uh, what's the current state of women in leadership? So are there lots of women in leadership? Are there not? Why? What can we do about it? So it's going to be a big, big topic. Um, if at any time you have questions about vocabulary, some of this vocabulary might be quite advanced. It's kind of uh, an advanced topic. Or if you have some comments, questions of anything, feel free to put it in the chat and I will address it um, throughout the throughout the stream. So let's go to the first quiz question and then I'll have a look at the chat. Um, so what do you think? Are men and women different as leaders? Yes, they are 100% different. Yes, they are very different. I'm not sure. No, they are quite similar. Or no, they are totally the same. They're all people, right? People are all the same. What do you think? Um, and of course, your answer could vary depending on where you live in the world, right? So women's rights are not the same and women's equality is not the same in every country around the world. So depending on where you live, maybe you have a different perspective about this. Um, if you are interested in that topic, then you could go and look. I did a stream on cultural communication. So, um, yeah, we're talking about men and women here, but I think culture plays a big role in maybe how we perceive men and women. Let's see who we have in the chat here. So Shoujo from Qatar, we have Indonesia, Iran. Question from Kafir, have you been in Chile? Not yet, but I will be heading there next. So I'm actually supposed to be meeting friends in Santiago for Christmas, but my van broke down, so 
I have about 5,000 kilometers to get to Santiago, um, far drive. But yes, the plan is to go to Torres del Paine, the beautiful hiking trail for eight days in January and all around Patagonia. So I will be in Chile soon, hopefully. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let me know in the chat too for this question if when you answered it, um, maybe you were thinking about your own culture or you were thinking of a specific example. One of the examples here was a royal leader. So Moza bin Nasser, exactly, yes. Yeah. So it's not just political or business. There could be royal leaders too. Um, there's leaders in nonprofits. There's leaders of a family, like someone said, I'm the leader of my kids. Um, so there's different forms of leadership. Um, and we're gonna look at a few different ones today. But most people, let's see here. It's a bit of a split, isn't it? Which I think makes sense because um, of that cultural background. So some people are saying, yes, they are very different. Um, but some people are saying, no, they are quite similar. So I guess, and then three people, not sure. So I guess when you look at the spectrum of being 100% different or 100% the same, we're kind of around this middle part, depending on, um, depending on where we live and maybe how much equality we have in our culture. So why does the world need more women leaders? Um, here's a couple of stats just to give you an idea. Um, in Australia, there are more CEOs, so chief executive officers named Andrew than the total number of women CEOs. So this one common name, Andrew, there's more than the number of women. In the USA, only 7.2% of CEOs are women for the Fortune 500 companies, so the 500 largest companies. Um, but it's been proven through studies that organizations that have a gender diverse workforce will perform monumentally or largely greatly uh, better than those dominated by a single gender. <clears throat> so let's see here. Gender diversity. So why is it important? Um, we're looking for adequate and equitable representation between both genders. It's not about having more for women or more for men. It's more for everyone. We want to have a balanced playing field. So these words might be a little bit advanced. So I have put the definitions here. So adequate, meeting satisfactory or an acceptable level of quality and quantity. And equitable means fair and impartial. So without judgment is a way to say impartial. Um, all right, let's go here. Um, so what do you think? What do women bring to the leadership table? What are some other reasons? And yes, this isn't um, talking about all women or all men. Some men are going to be better than women at some of these traits. Um, this is generalization. So, you know, according to studies, what they say, maybe women um, show more than men. But it's not 100%. It's not I'm not saying that all men are this way and all women are this way. There's definitely variation, but in general, from studies of women leaders. Okay, cool. 
So Leilu says invited to come to my house for lunch, Porto Veras. Very cool. We have a hostel. Awesome. Um, Leilu, maybe I will, I'll give you my Instagram. You can go and <laughs> send me the name of the hostel there. Um, and you'll see when I'm getting down to Chile from my stories. So plan spontaneity. If you want to go send me a message there, then when I'm getting down to Chile, I'll come say hi. Um, let's see here. Okay. And so I think these are five examples of areas where women, um, women do bring leadership to the table, but which one do you think is the most important according to this kind of idea of diversity, bringing better results? So fresh perspectives, effective leadership, more empathy, so putting yourself in the other person's shoes, um, better communication, or crisis management. Which one do you think that women might be better at than men in general? <laughs> okay, so fresh perspectives is the main one, yeah. So I think any time that you have a team of people who are all kind of thinking the same, maybe they've all had the same upbringing, they all went to the same school, um, now they're in the same job, it just creates like a vacuum, you know, they're not really, um, they're not really connected to the outside world. So bringing in these fresh perspectives of people who have had different life experience, who um, have different strengths, can help a team a lot. Um, perfect. So most of you are saying perspectives and empathy. So again, this isn't all women, but people do say in studies that generally women kind of show empathy more than men. Maybe, maybe there's men who do better than women, some women in general from studies. This is what we see. So let's go through each of those in a bit more detail. And then after that, I will talk about five women leaders from around the world that I found. So women bring fresh perspectives. So this diverse experience and viewpoint, it's not just about having different points of view for the sake of it. It kind of creates innovation. If you are only around other people who have had the same experience, um, then it's gonna be hard for you to be creative. Um, and it's gonna be hard for you to come up with the best solutions. Um, Cordy says, I don't agree with this topic. I'm a man, but I think we are equal. So Cordy, I think this is going to depend on maybe your cultural background or your personal experience. Maybe you live in one of the most equal places where women and men are allowed to act the same. They do act the same. Um, but yeah, I think, as I said, this isn't saying that this is all men or all women um, have these traits. It's just reasons why we might need to think about diversity more. And so, Cordy, maybe if you want to share which country you're from and how you think um, that you are equal. Maybe the goal is to be equal, but there's very few places in the world where this is true. I think one of the most equal countries uh, for men and women is Iceland. So maybe you're from Iceland, and that's why um, you have that perspective. Let's hear what you think. 
Okay, so that's the first point, fresh perspectives. Um, and of course, there's other areas of diversity. Right now we're talking about gender diversity, but there's also you know, social class, there's racial diversity, there's age diversity. So it's about trying to have as many perspectives as possible. It's not just about gender. Okay, and so this is another research point. These aren't my views, these are research points from different kind of business schools or business journals like the, um, the Harvard Business Review. Research shows that women's, women become more con considerably more effective at leadership from age 40, which is kind of interesting. Um, I think up until age 40, men have a much stronger level of confidence in general, again, according to research, which could be really focused on um, North America and Europe. I'm not sure exactly which countries they've focused on, but they've shown that kind of men up until the age of 40 um, are quite strong in their confidence and leadership abilities. But women, as their managers are rating them, show that they're more effective from age 40. Um, so this could lead to better corporate decision-making at a higher level, because generally people reach higher positions beyond the age of 40, of course. Not always, too. Sometimes you have, you know, those really young CEOs or founders um, from a young age. More empathetic. So, again, there's going to be some men who are more empathetic leaders. Um, but in general, this idea of empathy or putting yourself in the other people's shoes is considered a superpower for women. Um, Um, sorry about that. Um, and so this idea of empathy means that they're kind of perceiving the world in a different way. Maybe they are perceiving the world without judgment and other people without judgment. So the first reaction for a woman who is strong in this or a man, a person who is an empathetic leader would be to listen rather than just trying to fix and um, solve or dictate solutions to their team. Um, and this can make them more effective at influencing others because people don't usually like to always be told what to do um, in a lot, of, um, a lot of detail, kind of being dictated to. So if they're instead being listened to, um, that can be a really effective way. So let's go to the next one. Women are better communicators. Someone else said this in the chat here too, thinks that they are good. So communication is a huge, huge area, which I do talk about more on another stream. Um, but in general, women, again, in general, are seen as better at collaborating. So maybe communicating with team members and communicating with a level of intimacy and connection in mind. Um, kind of looking to have a meaningful dialogue uh, with their teammates. All right, so let's go through five of the women leaders that I came across. Um, first one is Whitney Wolf Hurd. She is the founder and CEO of a company called Bumble. 
So Bumble is a cool company in that it was kind of the first dating app that decided to put power into women's hands. Um, so I haven't used it myself. I have friends who have used it, but they say that, um, yeah, basically what you're able to do is rather than be, um, be the guy who can message first, it has to be the female who messages first, who kind of shows interest. Um, and one of the reasons behind this is that they decided that they want to make the internet or these online apps kind of a kinder, safer place for women. She was at, um, I think she was at uh, Tinder before, and she kind of experienced a culture that she didn't think was very um, conducive to uh, finding good relationships. And so when she started this company, she focused on core values first, um, and she set those as kindness, accountability, equality, respect, and growth. And so anything that they do, she says, has to fit within those five core values. Um, what are some other things that they've done? They have kind of a zero tolerance policy for any harassment. They have a feature that automatically blocks any photos that may not be desirable. And they have a powerful uh, facial recognition software to ensure that they're limiting fake profiles. Um, but it's not just for dating, actually. They have gone beyond that. Um, so they have Bumble BFF now. So if you're new in a city and you want to meet some friends, um, there is this one called Bumble BFF. And there's also Bumble Biz. Um, cool. So let's go to the next person. So we have Jacinda Arden, who Hakeem mentioned was, um, she became the youngest prime minister at the age of 36. Um, and she's been praised by people from around the world for displaying emotional intelligence, especially that one we talked about before, empathy, and also for being an effective communicator. Um, some other things about her, she's been recognized for authentic leadership. So during COVID, a lot of people were taking pay cuts and she went alongside them too and said, okay, I will also take 20% cut. Um, yes, someone says their road works near to you. Yes, sorry if you can hear that. I've closed the windows. I think they're all closed now. Someone's doing construction next door at the hotel I'm at. Um, and transformational leadership. So she's concerned with justice and fairness. A lot of the time, politicians are focused just on their next four years, but she's been doing a lot of things focused on kind of the future needs of the country as well and future equality for different groups. And just three months into being prime minister, um, she announced she was gonna be a mother, she was pregnant. And so she's been sort of modeling, you know, that it is difficult to balance um, being a working mother, but she shows um, how she's doing that through her social media. She brings her child along with her to the UN even. Um, and so, yeah, quite an inspirational leader. And here's a quote from her. Leadership is not about necessarily being the loudest in the room, but instead being the bridge or the thing that is missing in the discussion and trying to build a consensus from there. So that's Jacinda. 
And we'll have three more, and then I would like to know which of them you would like to meet of these three. Malala, so a different type of leader. Here, she's more of a social justice leader. She's an education activist. So when she was just 15, in 2012, she was taught, she was, sorry, she was shot by the Taliban for um, protesting against the restrictions on female education in her home country of Pakistan. And then in 16, at age 16, she already published her autobiography. Uh, she's the youngest Nobel Prize winner and has a really strong sense of purpose and this kind of courageous and compassionate leadership that has allowed her to be an influential leader around the world, um, working for not just education rights, but um, human rights in general as well. And she's shown that regardless of age, so being young, gender, female, or status, um, she fought for these rights. Um, quote from her, one child, one teacher, one book, and one pen can change the world. So that's her main focus for education. Cool. And Hakeem's talking about um, one of the decisions that Jacinda made. Um, so right after the mosque terrorist attack, she decided to ban assault firearms right away and adhere to her decision. Absolutely. So she showed immediate compassion and immediate action. And I think people were really... Um, really impressed with her for her response, definitely. Christine Lagarde. So Christine is the president of the European Central Bank, but not just that, she was also the first uh, woman to serve as France's finance minister. She was the managing director of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. Um, and she's kind of changed uh, what you might expect from a finance leader. So she is not just focusing on, um, you know, the, the financial side of things. She is uh, really focused on um, helping to focus on things like climate change, saving the planet. So she's, she's talked about this idea of power of life, the purse and resilience. Um, so she's saying that with power of the purse in particular, she says women are often the decision makers when it comes to consuming, to spending money in, for the home. And so we should focus on them if we are concerned about climate change. Um, and also focuses that women are particular, particularly resilient in leading this change. What else do we have about Christine? Um, She's been very outspoken, saying that she wants to be creating opportunities and breaking down barriers so it's not so difficult for other women to follow her. So there's this idea that when people become leaders, they should then turn around and kind of put out a helping hand or put out the ladder or whatever different phrase people use. But the idea that there's others who come behind you and it's not just about climbing and then <laughs> forgetting about what comes next. So big focus on mentorship and breaking those stereotypes. Um, and here's a quote from her. To me, leadership is about encouraging people. It's about stimulating them. It's about enabling them to achieve what they can achieve and to do that with a purpose. So that's really kind of tying into her, her view on mentorship and how important it is. 
And then we have Queen Elizabeth II, who's the past monarch of the UK, of course, who just recently passed away. I think she must be one of the leaders, man or woman in the world, who has an amazing uh, view of the world and understanding of the world. She had access to leaders throughout time, various countries, and um, yeah, I think it's quite incredible. She was also unapolog unapologetically female in the way she led. So she would lead with love, guidance, dignity, understanding, respect. Um, she didn't kind of have a dominating approach or exert her power and authority against people. She had a much kind of softer approach. Um, she had a strong belief in her purpose. She was highly purpose-led and she was very connected to nature. So she loved to spend time outdoors and found different ways to kind of help save um, nature as well. So those are just five uh, female leaders from different areas, different countries, different backgrounds. Um, who would you like to have lunch with? Maybe this will depend on what you do professionally or personally, what you're interested in. Who do you think would be a good person to have lunch with? Would it be Whitney, Jacinda, Malala, Christine, or Elizabeth? Which of the five? And maybe come tell me in the chat, what question would you ask them? Let's see. Lots of you saying Jacinda. Yeah, she seems like a pretty epic woman. Um, she's broken a lot of barriers. She's inspiring, um, regardless of gender, age, you know, being, being a young woman. So I think she's an excellent role model for many people. Malala as well. Young, strong woman without fear of some very scary circumstances. Excellent. Yeah, I think all of them, all of them would be interesting. <laughs> and Lily says, I'm the leader of my cats. <laughs> well, they might think they're the leader of you. I don't know. Cats, cats sometimes think they're in charge, don't they? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go through a few other points that I found in some different studies. So most of these, um, yeah, most of these I found from places like Harvard Business Review, or there was a couple other business schools that were posting information from studies that they've done. Um, so crisis management, this is one of the think questions of whether women do this better. So one of the theories and one of the research studies showed that they kind of focus on people development. So people might be well-developed to handle the crises. They've set kind of clear standards and clear rewards so people know how to act in a crisis quickly. And decision-making is done participatory, so people feel like they can speak up. And this is an interesting point because, you know, we only have, I think it was like 7% of women as CEOs. Um, and remember that, that stat in Australia, there's more Andrews than there are women um, in the top companies. But um, there was a study done by the Harvard Business Review the first one was in 2012, 
Um, the most recent study was in 2019. And in both studies, it showed that women were perceived by their managers, who were mostly men actually, um, to be more effective than the men on their team at every hierarchical level. So from entry-level jobs up to management um, and leadership, um, managers were rating women higher on, um, there was 19 leadership competencies. I think the first study was 15 and it was 12 out of 15 women ranked higher. And in the recent study, it was 17 out of 19. So, you know, it's interesting because, you know, women are starting to run for president. Um, women are, you know, very powerful. A lot of people think that, um, you know, there aren't really any limits on women. But then why why is it still a thing that people talk about, you know, during the American election? Is America ready for a female president? Like, what do you mean are they ready? What, what are they talking about? Um, and actually, the study was done in 2012, uh, initially, and then 2019. And the number of women in leadership roles has stayed um, the same or even declined a bit. So what's going on? On if we think actually the opportunities are the same, they're the same, they're both great leaders, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. What is going on? Um, so there's a few different biases. So bias is when you have kind of an inclination to do something a certain way. Um, it can be challenged, it can be changed, but often it's very deep-rooted in someone. So there's cultural bias. So that's deep rooted in society. Um, people kind of have a long held belief, not all, but in general, society thinks um, women don't really aspire to the highest ranks of the organization, or they take themselves out of the running, maybe to go raise their family or do something else, but they don't really aspire to these high levels. Um, there's unconscious bias as well in hiring and promotion decisions. So when there is an equal man and woman, there might be a bias for people to choose the man. Maybe they'll think he'll be more committed or he's gonna aspire more, or he's more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it right now, but yeah. So they, they might have the same candidates, but they go with the man because of an unconscious bias. So it's a bias that they aren't explicitly saying you know, he's a man, so da, 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 da. But somehow, deep down, they decide he's he's the candidate to go for. Um, there's also been studies that show women don't apply for jobs unless they feel 100% qualified. So a man might say, well, I mean, I'm going to learn those other four or five points while I'm on the job. Um, I can train for that. That's fine. Whereas a woman wants to say, no, I can do all of the job on day one. It's a different, different kind of mentality. And then on these same studies, uh, women were being rated by their managers, but when they rated themselves, they were consistently rating themselves lower, whereas men were consistently rating themselves same or higher. So there's a difference in confidence level. Um, particularly, we talked before about that age 40. So under age 40 in particular, um, women suffer from lower confidence compared to men. So what's going on here? Um, what can we do? I think it's about talking about it more. Um, 
and also being kind of um, aware of what kind of language is being used. So in this picture here, we show the words that can be used um, kind of against women or against men. Um, in particular for women, if they are considered to be dominant or the word that we have on the slide there would be bossy. Um, that's one thing that they do not, people in general, women and men don't want to have um, from women. So be nice, not too nice, be ambitious, but not intimidating and be assertive, but never bossy, the B word here um, when talking about women in leadership. Um, so it's complicated. I think it's something that, as I said, some countries, some companies might be doing better than others, um, but it's probably something that we're going to have to work on for many years to come if we want to see more true equality. And today we were just talking about gender equality, but as I said, this is, it's not just about gender. It's also going to, um, vary on race, social class, religion, sexual orientation. These are all different areas where people might be kind of fighting for equality and equity. Um, so that was it for today. We learned about a few female leaders. We kind of asked some questions about maybe how we're perceiving women leaders. Remember, this is not um, <laughs> telling you 100% women are like this or men are like this. No, it's just kind of exploring some of the studies that have been done. Um, perfect. So that's all we have today. Thank you for joining me, and I will see you again soon. Bye.